0: Hi, this is Stephanie James. This is Melissa Lamb. And And you're you're listening listening to Topa Talk. Talk. Hello, listeners. Today we have Jack Dyer from Topa Topa Brewing Company. Uh, He is one of the co-founders of Topa Topa along with uh, Kyle Thompson, Jack is originally from New Jersey, East Coast. Um, somehow made it out to the West Coast. So joy <laughs> From joy i I've been dying to say that. Yeah, you don't really have a Jersey a got, Jersey accent. You got no
1: Jersey with you. Not at all. You're all California. Not
0: at all. Yeah. Uh, so he moved out to Ohio about six years ago. Um, Topa Topa started. Um, they're about to celebrate their four-year anniversary. Yep. Um, and before that, Jack was, uh, doing sales and marketing for a student loan company, <laughs> which is such a, like, that sounds like the job you would have before you <laughs> jump into co-founding a, uh, brewery.
2: Natural progression.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Wait. So, I mean, when, when and where's the four-year bash? Because we went to the two-year bash and it was amazing and so much fun. We missed the three-year.
2: Yeah. Our anniversary parties tend to be somewhat legendary. Oh, so, they are. Um, they're pretty good. This year, we may it it's it sh- we're aiming for sometime early summer like late june early july we're going to do it at our new location that uh, that was my next question we'll, if we'll it was going
0: to be in Ohio or yeah. ventura
2: yeah it'll be down in ventura at our new production facility. yeah so oh, tell us about what? that yeah,
0: <laughs> melissa's
1: i'm behind <laughs> she's behind so jack fill us in you guys just got um some new space
2: yeah yeah we've um been super super lucky due to the support we've gotten from all of our customers um that we've been able to grow pretty darn quickly um in just under four years, and now we just built out a larger production facility with a canning line. See, I brought some over. Oh, I cans. think I
0: did see this on Instagram. Today.
2: So we're able to make a lot more beer um, at our original facility there on Thompson Boulevard in the downtown Ventura. It was like we couldn't think of starting anywhere else. Now that we started there, it's like our, our home base, and um, but we've just got such unbelievable support that we've reached capacity there in less than two years and so we couldn't make any more beer um so yeah that was this is a super exciting step it's almost like starting the company over i again. was gonna
1: say let's not just casually drop that you're making <laughs> cans now like this is so huge yeah this is a, amazing this puts you in a whole nother ballpark
2: yeah it's a, it's a big step um and you know we couldn't have done it without like just surrounding ourselves with great people number one but really the support of all the customers and. I always joke with people, I'm like, yeah, it turns out people like beer around here. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, our guys make great beer and, and we couldn't sell it and we couldn't make it as fast as we could sell it at the old spot. And that was just with kind of one brand in the market, our Chief Peak IPA. And and so now we get to offer up more stuff and more formats for people to drink and enjoy and uh, get to know our company a little bit. So yeah, super, super exciting. Who's uh, your head brewer? Casey Harris he's also a co-founder in okay. the business so Also really- so sorry Casey Also yeah. if you're looking Shout for out. <laughs> ch- hey
1: Casey if you're looking for a hilarious Instagram to follow with great content like honestly he is hilarious yeah. he also has a puppy so like the content is just I'm never like annoyed by his stories or anything. No. I'm always like, ooh, what is he posting? <laughs> yeah,
2: Casey's, um, Casey's the, probably one, you know that's certainly one of the keys um, to. I saw to him get in a fountain company. once. So, <laughs> did yeah. You have...
0: Did the th- so there's three co-founders. Yeah. Did so the three of you know each other before you started, or were you like two of you knew each other and then like we need to bring in a Brewer? How yeah, did that work? A, let's a take little, it back
2: a little bit of the latter. So my business partner Kyle and I um, are our wives actually went to college together at CU Boulder oh, cute. and um, we all lived down in San Diego. Um, my wife and a bunch of her f- girlfriends from college moved to San Diego um, right after CU Boulder. So they were all living down there, living the San Diego I was going to
1: say that seems like a smart move.
2: Yeah, it was it's not too bad. <laughs> uh, I transferred to San Diego for work after living in San Francisco for a number of years. Um, that's where I met my wife. Um, and so then I met Kyle uh, through, you know, when you, settle down and get married, you kinda your significant others um friends kinda, are your friends. Yeah, they're they're your <laughs> friends. And luckily Kyle and I really hit it off and um we both were very novice homebrewers, him much better homebrew than I was, but I just kind of liked making stuff and so we him and I started a thing called a brew op. We took the co op concept and applied it to beer. Uh so we got like twenty guys and we bought a really big home oh, brew I just kit. Got chills. Yeah, it was, it was pretty this it's pretty fun. It's pretty cool. And um so we got like 20 guys everyone put in a few hundred bucks we got a really big brew house for like a homebrew scale um yeah. it was like a couple hundred gallons and stored it in our friend charles garage and once a month we made a beer collectively and then distributed that beer to all of the members of the, of the brew up and uh through that process we learned a whole lot about making beer but more importantly certainly we learned a lot about each other and like our oh. skill sets and we both were kind of tapped out at our career. Like I was at a spot where I was doing really well and had a good career, but I I definitely wasn't moving up at the company, um, that I was at. And Kyle was in a similar spot at, uh, he was a recording engineer and audio engineer. Whoa. And Kyle, can can you please reach us? (laughs) 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 He could, he could pimp this out. (laughs) Yeah. Kyle, let us know what you're up to. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it just was at a point in time where, you know, it was kind of funny. We used to do lunch sometimes and um, on one car ride, like I saw on the back of his car, like a book on like how to start a brewery. And I actually had the same book <gasps> at my house and I was like, hey, like hey, we're in the same. I'm kind of like thinking about <laughs> doing something too. So, so the whole plan originated down in San Diego. And then that's where we met Casey. Cause he was a. Uh, lead brewer at Stone Brewing Company. Oh, oh
1: wow. shit. Yeah, so he Damn. had some real
2: brewing chops and yeah. both Kyle and I as we started to really dig into like writing a business plan and, and being serious about it. Um at that point it was, you know, we were going to be leaving our careers and taking a big yeah, leap yeah. of faith. So we knew we wanted someone with um with with good uh manufacturing experience, not just homebrew experience. So yeah. um so that's where Casey came into the fold and really once we met him, it was sort of like the triangle was complete and yeah. uh and it was a just a no-brainer. His concept on um, beer making was just lined up with what we mm-hmm. kind of looked at, and yeah, off we went. Yeah, so that was a um, that was kind of where everything started. We were actually trying to start a brewery in San Diego, which um, our local fans here might not love to hear, but that, that was the
0: brewery isn't it? It bliss? was like blowing It's up like a ticket. brewery Mecca. Yeah. Okay. There's like, so I think there's 180
2: breweries in San Diego that's County. That's it? Yeah.
1: Well, honestly, honestly though, that's it. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. But. Per,
2: per capita, we have way less here, but, um, it's, uh, and then my wife actually got a new job uh, up here uh, at, in Santa Barbara, and she really wanted to take it. It was kind of like her dream job. Aww. So her and I moved to Ojai, which we'd always vacationed here, and we loved it oh, here. okay. So, and I, for a moment, I kind of thought the brewery dream might be somewhat dead, and I sort of still had it in the back of my mind. And then I got here and did one brewery tour to like the two or three breweries that existed. And I was just immediately on the phone with Casey and Kyle. I was like, hey, if I raise the money up here, will you guys move up and, and do this with me? Um. Kind of in the mindset like I'll do it by myself, but I really want you guys to do it. Like we're the we're the winning package, and um, and they both you know absolutely agreed. They said, "Yep, if you can raise money, we'll we'll come up." And six short months later, we had the money in hand. And how did you raise the
1: money?
0: Oh, this is the best story. Yeah, it's
2: pretty cool. Um, Or is
0: that like two? I'm sorry. No, no,
2: (laughs) this is
1: okay. So if we're talking business on a podcast, like, and you want to start your business, let's fucking learn how you raise money. Six months seems pretty quick. This is yeah. Let's hear. I want to hear.
2: We well, we were fortunate that. Craft beer is a pretty attractive market right now, and um, or back then even still is today. But uh, it was the first rule of fundraising. I, I read a short little book on it, and it was like the first rule that really that's all you needed to read is talk to everyone and anyone about your, your project because you never know who's going to either know someone or, or have the money themselves. But that's kind of what's
0: scary, though, is, like, then if it doesn't actualize, then people are like, hey, how's your brewery coming along? Well, and that's like, the oh. thing. Once you start talking about it, you have to do it. I well, know.
2: That's yeah, scary Yeah, n- 99% of businesses fail before they even start. So yeah. um, that's kind of the mindset you have to take is, like, all right, so what? If it doesn't, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And, that's um, kind of
1: how we've been doing this. We're like, oh, whatever. If we have two listeners, then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: So that, that was the, that was the first thing. And we, and it was kind of a unique time in my life too. Cause I moved up here and my wife and I moved here and we really didn't know very many people. We had, uh, I literally had like one friend in the, uh, in, in the area who also <laughs> went to CU Boulder was my wife's friend from college. And so um, we kind of just started there with just, you know, talking to everyone. We got really involved, like, civically in in the community, started volunteering a lot of our time and working for nonprofits and stuff.
1: What organizations?
2: Uh, I started with the Ohio Valley Defense Fund, and I'm actually a board member to this day. Um, But uh, Ohio Valley Land Conservancy, just all things that we were passionate about and cared about because it was the only way we were going to meet people uh, otherwise. So That also
0: probably had similar interests and shared values. That's really smart.
1: Yeah.
2: So... Just started like that, and we just started talking to everyone. And once you once we got the first um, folks on board, um, then it was really easy uh, from from there. I mean, I would almost say easy, but we had uh, it didn't take very long, and we got a lot of people. And we have the greatest investors who are still with us, you know, and they're just really passionate about what we're doing. And um, yeah, it was it wasn't too bad. But I will say, and our investors all told us this that we had. A really good plan, and we kind of knew who we were before we started, and what we were all about. Like we had our core values set out. We knew like who we were as an organization before we even started. And that well, was yeah, you
1: guys came in like super legit.
2: Yeah, yeah, we had a good, good set. I mean, we knew Casey. made I was going to say Casey. Beer.
1: Like, I feel like that's almost like the nail, yeah like the last nail. It was a pretty
2: good thing from a fundraising perspective to say we have yeah. the lead, one of the lead Bruce Bruce from Stone, from Stone. Um, <laughs> joining our team and. And um, who also just understood the vision. He's also an owner, which a lot of breweries don't do. Um, so he had ownership from from day one, and that's super important. Because if your brewer leaves, you have a uh, you have a tough time recovering from that a lot of times. So yeah, so that that's kind of the story of how it started. I mean, there's so many ups and downs and like crazy crazy stories that. Uh,
1: Let's hear one. Let's hear one. <laughs> like, what is the what was the wildest pushback you ever got that you're like. Ah.
2: The wildest form was that we almost weren't named Topotopa. Oh um, so we had the whole business plan. Everything was Topotopa and Really? Yeah, so that we was were the like, first
1: name that you came up with and you wanted to stick with when it. When
2: we moved up to this region, yeah. Um we changed it to a um to Topotopa. So to, um the fact that we were almost not named Topotopa Topa is a pretty crazy story. There's one of many through the start. This was before we were even like started. Like we had just about, I think, almost signed a lease on the building down at Thompson Street, but we were kind of raising money and still and like just looking for things and, and but I really love the name Topa Topa I felt like it represented a lot of who we were um you know the Topas are part of a transverse mountain range um so they run east to west not north to south and like beer is kind of this thing that a lot of people make but we think ours is just a little bit different so it kind of it attracted me with that that's kind of like those mountains they're just I a little bit it. different than every other mountain um so, and you know, you can see them from all over Ventura County, so one of our visions too was not to be too isolated like we didn't want to be known as just from Ohio or just from Ventura. We wanted to try and be this regional presence. so the fact that you can see the topas from all over um, was 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 pretty cool. so we had the name, we had everything we're going through like trademark stuff, and there was this tiny little company called Topa Spirits that uh was in the same class as us unfortunately, and it turns out they didn't even really use their mark they were kind of like a defunct company they were um importing uh pisco from uh peru <laughs> okay
1: and, <random>. yeah <laughs> totally random
2: and they were like random they were half and like part. one of the founders was in san diego the other was in seattle the other one was actually out of the country so you know the good natured. I feel like I'm a pretty trusting and good natured person, so I was like, you know, let's just reach out to them and see, like, tell them we have this cool idea. Like, that's how the craft beer community is. It's really community. community oh no, they order. were gonna yeah. sue you. Well, they're gonna get money. They just wanted money. Yeah. yeah. So they weren't even really using it, and I think we could have won a legal case, but they eventually like we, it ended up settling and working out. And then, but it was like for a moment there, we were like, oh my god, we're gonna have how to much change money name. did
1: you have to pay them?
2: Uh, <laughs> you can, i don't know if you can disclose that live yeah. well, like, we actually we actually didn't pay him a dime just like um, blink
1: how many commas <laughs> we, we ended up
2: we ended up um it ended up working out really really okay, well good. for us i was gonna just be they like paid him,
1: they
0: paid him in, yeah. in kegs yeah it was
2: just one of those but it was one of those moments as you're starting your you're business like, you're like oh my god we already had our logo we had everything done we were just like oh god this is gonna really suck if we have to change our name and um what
0: was the backup name
2: uh, we didn't really have one. Uh, one was <laughs> one was like, this is one a was, like craft work because that was like sort of the original plan was to be this like brew pub ish thing down in um down in uh lucadia so but we didn't really have a good name for this region so but it ended up all working out and um still one of the better deals that we pulled off throughout the whole thing but it was it was was pretty crazy so that's one crazy story there's there's a lot i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure that the
1: hiccups through the whole thing
2: yeah to get started was like a race in itself like we had our our brew system got stuck on a boat because the um (laughs) it was coming in from brazil and at this point, we literally had like no money left. Yeah, because you, like, you
1: invest and then yeah. it's like, wait.
2: Like zero money. We so. have nothing to put out. No so money. we're not yeah. having not any money coming paid, in. Nothing. You're <laughs> just like, so you needed, we needed that taproom revenue and our, our everything else was there. But the brew system that we couldn't make beer without um, got stuck on a boat. And it was the only reason it got stuck on boats because the um, harbor workers union went on strike. Oh, my and God. There's at, so many was, factors you yeah, can't control. It was big news back then. And it was, like, f- now five years ago. But it just sat there for, like, probably, like, six months. Oh, we my we were just God. sitting there burning through – Six our, months. Yeah.
1: Well, so, so. here's the – like, all I can think about, too, is because, you know, yeah. Melissa and I are dreamers, too. We have, like, a lot of goals and visions for our lives. And it's so important to have a partner like your wife and, yep. like, um, Kyle's wife. Yep that like will support you and say do this crazy thing and yep. uh, no matter what happens like we're in it together like that's huge it's you uh, have to have that right yeah
2: and, and it's uh it's there's nothing further from the truth um my wife I mean both our wives have supported us Kate actually Kyle, Kyle's wife Kate actually works at the Ohio tap room and sometimes in the Ventura tap room now but um my wife doesn't she's very uninvolved with the day-to-day operations at Topo but those in the know know that she's Pretty much the primary reason why we exist, um, because I was able to literally just not get paid. For I'm getting a very chills long and time. tears. It's happening. Yeah, it, it could make me cry too. It's she's, so sweet. Okay. She's she's the rock, and uh, <laughs> but she's she's got a great job. She works for the city of um, Ventura. Her job doesn't. You know, she doesn't get to go on podcasts because, but she, or I'm sorry, she works for the city of Santa Barbara and uh, she manages water supply for the region. So. Okay, that's, that's also very interesting. Yeah, she's like yeah. super, she's like the brains of our outfit and the good looking one too, but uh, she's, uh, <laughs> but it's, it, it is so true. And there's always like, when you read like entrepreneurial books and, and things like that, like there's always that background um, person that helps it it get off the board. And our, actually, funny is Casey said it the other day. He's like, when our lead brewer, Justin, um, key part of the business too but uh when when kelly whenever kelly does walk into the brewery he's always like there's the og she's, <laughs> like, she's the reason so um but it, yeah oh, it's I love it's, that. it's so true and uh kelly my wife is just yeah she's lives life with like more compassion and 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 she's got a really good firm grip on on you know where we're going and, and what we're doing so yeah it's definitely teamwork from day one so Aww. and she let me do it but i was really not happy in my old job and i think that's that's the key yeah. and now it's like i feel she like she
0: wants you to see yeah, you yeah happy she wants too. to be happy yeah, yeah. she's like if you fail whatever we'll yeah. figure it out you're living like your authentic
2: <laughs> person and, and yeah. lifestyle so that's that's good because drinking beer and talking to people i, I can do that all day <laughs> uh,
0: it right now. something i noticed um so topa ventura was one of the first places i ever went when i moved here mm-hmm. like actually i think i went there the first day i was in ventura county That's rad. Yeah. um and and i've noticed this I've, i haven't been to the santa barbara location but mm-hmm. in the ohio location in ventura the staff that you have too are like enthusiastic and they feel involved and they feel passionate they also feel real yeah. like and- i love them and they're ha- so fun. Yep. But what do you do to cultivate that? Because I think so many businesses lack that. And I mean, it's you're working at a brewery, yeah. brewery like, <laughs> but you go to other breweries and you see people, and they oh, just no, look like I they're know, miserable. I
1: know friends who work at other breweries, and it's not like that. So how do you cultivate that You created that like an amazing culture.
2: Yeah, well, it's I think it it starts like our hiring process is, um, you know, uh, well, well, first and foremost, we're really lucky to have such smart talented good-natured people who work for us but we don't always hire especially for taproom side um, brewery side's a little different we do like people with experience because I think that that helps so like there's a lot of people you know when, we, when we post for a production job like we get insurance sales people are like oh I've always wanted to do this we're like yeah I don't know if you really want to clean <laughs> cakes for seven hours a day yeah, it's not um, as glamorous as yeah, you might think <laughs> but on on the taproom side and, and since we are somewhat taproom focused with three taprooms um, it's Really important, we hire for like uh, a term that I love. It's called optimistic warmth. It's just people who like That's people perfect, yeah. and that is perfect who are term. just authentic and can like be themselves behind the bar. Um, Cause we can train them about beer and, and train them up on our beer and have them understand. So it's not always like your, your craft beer nerd or the guy who's like super into the latest can release for us. It's about getting the right people and the right butts in the right seats. And, and then um, just creating a, a culture and, and that, you know, that started with, with myself and Kyle and Casey, we really, wanted to be generous with our, our employees. I mean, their employee beer policy, they can pretty much have more beer than they can physically consume in a, uh, in every quarter. So we just try and be really generous with them. We do a lot of fun team outings and stuff like that, that, um, that, that are just fun and uh when you have the right people and get them kind of rowing in the same direction good things can happen
1: yeah i think you're hitting on a great point too to remember is like you may not always have like the most qualified candidate in front of you but if they're just like the right person like a good person like you know that they'll do it like a lot of those people like i'm one of those people i feel like i'm highly motivated and like energetic and like i've applied for jobs that i may not be like qualified for but it's like you can just like get that person that will just like bust ass for you it doesn't matter if they've ever cleaned a glass before yeah. at a bar like they'll yeah. learn how to do that yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is awesome like, a yeah. good way to go about it
2: yeah and the skill set for uh, a beer tending position you know it's, it's it's not the hardest job at the company but uh, it's a super important one. Oh
1: and my god Because
2: we like people leaving with the feeling that you know that was like the coolest place i've ever been and they and represent yeah. your
1: entire yeah. company so it,
2: our tap rooms now that we're growing especially become more like little brand centers like yeah they drive revenue and and they keep keep the whole ship afloat but they really become little like brand experience centers for our customers and and our fans so
1: yeah and what um, my boyfriend and i were talking about recently was because we've been to all of the tap rooms multiple times and we love them but like there's such a continuity to all of them it doesn't feel like you're in three separate spaces it doesn't feel like Okay, today I'm in Ohio. Like we yeah. were you... talking
0: about the wallpaper
1: last time we were at the They're, Ohio yeah, one. Yeah, we're talking about like branding is yeah. fucking on point. Yeah. And like yeah. it's just like everything feels like yeah, of course you're like in a different city, but you're like this is like it's like home. It's like okay, I'm at Topatopa. Topa. Like yeah, this is there's... how it feels and I know I can expect that from them every yeah. single time.
2: Yeah, and there's a, there's a little bit of a delicate line to walk there cuz we don't want to be like an Applebee's, you know, where it's right. like I can be in <laughs> Oklahoma City and right. it literally I don't know which town I'm in. But so we try and have them reflect a little bit of the neighborhood and the and the community that they're in and then really you know put roots down in that community totally. by supporting the things like very hyper local um to them but the branding uh part of it is is pretty pretty fun and we have a su- supremely talented young lady um lauren who works for us does did all our can designs and she does a lot of our taproom branding as well so it goes back to like really being able to like put the right button in the right seat and then just let them go and just say okay you know i don't I, I have very little to do with a lot of that stuff besides just signing off and saying, yeah, that looks yep. rad. Great work.
0: <laughs> um, Can we – I want to talk about something that I think is controversial, but I don't know if this is just <laughs> gossip. <laughs> oh, oh, I think I know what you're going to bring up. Uh, I, I also
1: think this might be gossip.
0: Um, I heard that when you were first starting that you wanted your first location to be in Ojai. Oh, yeah. And that yeah, there was – Yeah, let's talk about this. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk no, about it. The,
2: the whole business plan was built around Ojai, and um the – tourist traffic that comes up here and really branding ourselves to Ohi and Topa um, Topa, obviously, yeah. you know, pretty prominent here yeah. uh, in town. And we looked at doing a development project. We were part of a development project at the building next to the skate park um, across from Seafresh. And it was a really cool project. And it's going to be a little bit of like a public market type of a thing where there's just a few small vendors and this cool like farmhouse design. And um, the guy who used to own that building was like a great builder and uh it was going to be really difficult but we we were fully bought in that was the original idea um that deal as we got into it with the city slowly started to fall apart because of just the regulatory traffic that you have to do to uh develop a, a an old abandoned building uh on main street in ohio um so it was clearly looking like it just either wasn't going to happen at all or it was going to take years to do it so we started looking for a new location and you know i think everyone every business has its story and it it was probably the best thing that ever happened to us to start in ventura um conveniently the building on thompson that we ended up in um you know was two blocks from patagonia who had 600 thirsty employees in our (laughs) prime demographic such a connection i was gonna say well i
1: mean oh ventura's already dipped in patagucci but i was like every time you go to that brewery it's like yeah yeah and it's and it's great and
2: they're like you know they fit our kind of Key primary demographic, but they also help expand our demographic because, you know, there, I think, I think all the folks from Patagonia who have supported us from day one with like everything you can think. I mean, the first time we ever poured beer was at Dan Malloy's book signing event at the Mob Shop, and that was like a Patagonia connection. um, Yeah. And so it's just a, uh, they've been, Hugely supportive of us, great partners, uh, from a, and we both have similar core values and what we want to do uh, as as businesses and, and help support our, our region here. So um, that was a great thing. I always joke with some of the higher-ups at Patagonia that if they paid us in, like, pink money, like, we have a lot of their pink money because yeah. their employees come over and well, spend a there lot is, of money at uh, our there spots. There's another <laughs>
1: little business tip in that little nugget is to, like, associate yourself yeah. and partner with other businesses that, like, have the same values as you do and like have something to bring to the table yeah
2: it's like gather yourselves with people who believe what you believe and uh that then good things will happen there's a guy simon sinek who's like one of my favorite like business people and um he's like all about understanding your why like getting getting your employees and your customers understand why you do what you do not just what you do like so why
0: do you do what you do
2: uh our core values are are pretty straightforward i repeat them all the time to our our uh, staff and it's quality craftsmanship and community spirit so like we start start out we want to make the best product and uh, we want to give the best service like we got just everything that we do needs to be quality um and if it's not living up to that we figure out a way to to change it and then craftsmanship we really like to have like a personal touch and do things ourselves part of huge reason of why we wanted to start um a a craft brewery was because we really, Kyle and I really had a desire to like make something and like point to something like that's what I do. Like, it's yeah. it's
1: the best feeling yeah, in the entire so cool. world for some yeah. reason. I'm yeah. a, obsessed with that feeling. Yeah, absolutely. So Chase that.
2: So we do a lot, <laughs> we do a lot of things ourselves um, and build a lot of our own tap rooms, like ourselves with our own hands and, and even as we grow and expand, like I might not be banging nails and stuff anymore, but it's like we have someone on staff who does, or and just really let that kind of craftsmanship shine. And that's what I think is driving the whole craft beer movement, not just us. And yeah, then community because... spirits, our final one, um, is like a um, is, you know, we really want to delve into our community both internally like by promoting our employees and doing really good things with our employees um, but then also in the communities that we serve our beer in and, and where our customers live we want to support things that they believe in and so that's kind of if you align yourself if you know that going in then you can align yourselves with other companies who yeah because kind of there's same like thing.
1: there's so much ownership in all of this too which i think is so important mm-hmm. and drives the community too in your own culture because when you're part of a company or whatever that you feel like you have some stake in that yep. you've helped grow or move like like you said you people on staff who are putting those like nails into this yep. building and so then when they show up to work they're like i fucking did this yep. or i'm a part of this like in a bigger sense yeah than just clocking in totally, totally. so that's so cool yep. um
0: how far does your distribution reach
2: currently right now it's, with the new facility it's it's growing right now um for the last like at first we were just in Ventura and Santa Barbara counties um, and just Chief Peak IPA and just on draft. So that was like all we could do. The success of that beer kind of limited our ability to do anything else um, because we were just <laughs> making so much of that beer. It was just a chief factory. And uh, but now with our larger facility, where we are all the way up to southern Monterey County uh, now through our distribu- distribution partnership with Pacific Beverage. And then um, we're starting to push into LA a little bit, and we're doing that with our self-distribution uh, network because um, we were self-distributed for a long time. And that's kind of goes to that craftsmanship piece of our core value, like, hey, let's try and do this ourselves for a little while. And then it helps us understand who the best partner would be in that region. Uh, and then we have a partnership with a distributor in San Diego uh, that we're pushing a, little, a small amount of beer to right now. We're, we're still kind of figuring out. We built this much larger facility, thinking, "Oh man, well, now we're gonna have so much beer." And we're still try- we're finding out we don't have as much capacity as we thought, <laughs> but that's okay. We'll uh, we'll add some tanks. Is
0: and, it and a goal there. to eventually have distribution across the country no. or in multiple states? You want to focus on California? That's... Yeah,
2: that's a, I, I think there's a there's a huge change in the craft beer market that's happened um, pretty quickly in the last you know six seven years. Where I don't think there's gonna be these Big nationally distributed brands anymore. Like I, I truly think, like Modern Times might be the last one to to pull it off. And I think what about um, Sculpin's from Ballast Point, Point. they were, I mean, they they sold now, so they're yeah, kind of so no, no longer craft. They're not craft anymore yeah. because
1: they're under Anheuser or whatever. Yeah, okay. uh,
2: they sold to another brand, but yeah, they're oh, okay. they're, they're monster. Um, So, but yeah, I, I, that's a great example because I just don't think there's going to be those types of brewers anymore. Yeah, I guess anymore. I get confused. Like, yeah.
1: I, I imagine Sculpin is craft, but once you go big, you're yeah. well, not it's, really anymore. It's a
2: big strategy of... Is there, like, of, a
1: number of cases or something that takes you beyond like craft?
2: They, the Brewers Association kind of redefines it to keep a few um, of the elder statesmen in yeah. uh, in the craft beer. Really, now it's shifting to more about if you're an independent uh, company, if you're independently owned, if you're not owned by a beer company that's, that is outside of craft. Um, and those big guys are really trying to eat up a lot of smaller brands that do well regionally. So yeah. I think that the future is being a really strong regional um, brewery and regional could mean three counties or it could mean, you know, uh, all of California. So I, I don't really envision our beer. Um, but aside from like some specialty shipments to places, like I think our, our beer will remain here in California. And, and truthfully, if we can sell every drop of beer that we can make, as close to home as possible that's what we'll do because yeah, uh, it's, it's cheaper better it's better for the beer better for the environment. <laughs> better for the customers they end up with a fresher product i was so, gonna say yeah. i
1: feel like our customers too in this state like they appreciate
2: that yeah hopefully i mean that that's that's the uphill battle that we have is as, as a as an industry that's not just a topa topa thing yeah. it's like trying to you know take the uh, take the shade away from from some of these folks who and the brewers association done a great job we have this independent seal you can see on our can um right under the one percent for the planet one that's a independent seal that's from the uh cool. oh Brewer- i see that yeah so that's from the brewers association and if you're a shopper you can go look for that and you can know that that company is certified independent oh i love and that they're not owned by anybody yeah else. because
1: when i travel yeah. i want to try the beer that's yeah. being made in that city so it's cool to know yeah, that you it's can a look really for that.
2: really cool movement that the ba is spearheaded and we have the best trade or- organization in I think in any industry just came I'm just fresh off of Craft Brewers Conference, which they put on and they're just the best and uh, you know, you get your questions answered, but they really are trying to differentiate us between um, those kind of I call them crafty brands, the ones like Golden Road and all these guys who are owned by Anheuser Busch. Um, but, but they feel like I didn't present know Golden Road was owned. Yeah. 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 Damn. What yeah. is
0: your favorite guilty pleasure cheap beer? Like Ooh. Stephanie Stephanie's <laughs> is Coors Light, mine's Miller High Life. Um. Like what is your like cheap overproduced. Um, I'm a
2: Miller Light uh, or say, Miller High Life and a um yeah. and a Modelo. Guy. Oh, yeah. Modelo. Modelo yeah.
0: my river beer when yeah. I float the river in yeah.
2: Texas. you
1: I just can't help it with Coors Light. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: that's fine. That's, hey, hey, beer's all about time, that's place, like and enjoyment. that's like the first so. beer I ever yeah.
1: had. It's what I grew up with. I don't know. That's my shit. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and we're putting out. You know, this Dostopus Lager kind of fits that kind of really super light beer um kind of vibe. So, but there's a right, and I don't have anything against the big guys. I just I, the only thing I have against them is when they try and put. Some all yeah. independent people out of business when they try and to push people out yeah and that's, that's not cool. that's not cool so but otherwise yeah go for it and they're running a business too and they're they're feeding the families of their employees so i get it so uh for us we just want to try and make you know the best beer we can and and hopefully our customers align with our vision and our values and then they choose us and that's that's kind of what we try and do every day
0: was it always part of your business plan too to kind of have your um Uh, You have a specific term for it, but I'm blanking right now, like your standard beers that you will always have and then have the rotating, like you have the single hop series, you have some seasonal ones.
2: Yeah, Yeah, we, well, it's, it's kind of a funny conversation because the market is shifting. So we're, we're a little bit of an anomaly compared to most other breweries out there where, um, there's, there's so much like one-offs now in the market where a brewery's not making the same beer over and over again ever like they just make one beer and change it the next time and um just new releases can releases so we're a little bit different um we are a little bit larger in the sense compared to you know most of the growth in um craft right now is with breweries who make less than a thousand barrels a year uh we did five thousand last year so we're a little bit bigger um than you know the smallest of the small but we're still super small yeah um so but uh so so yeah we're we're a little different we do have core brands and um you know, some of our some of our our core brands. We it comes down to a lot of things, um, but number one, we like the brand building aspect of it, and and having people you know be able to rely on that beer. Like they know when they order a Chief Peak, they know what they're gonna get, and yeah, they know we it's gonna be good. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah. So consistency the, like, is consistency. a
1: difficult thing to attain. Yeah, and then to do it well over a long period of time shows like true craftsmanship
2: yeah and that's like and then it comes down to like who do we have on our staff and our 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 brewers get more fired up about repeating a recipe and that consistency than they do about writing a good recipe they constantly say to us like anybody can write a good recipe like anyone can you just throw a bunch of crap out there and yeah but how many times can you nail it but can you do it you know yeah 200 times in a row or like 500 times in a row or a thousand times in a row like we have with chief peak so um and they they that's what that's what gets them off. That's that gets them excited. So it's like, okay, like, uh, let's, let's build our company around that. And, and so it's kind of, for me, it's like knowing your personnel and knowing like the, the squad that you have, it's like a good coach in any, in any sport. it's like, Hey, if you know what you have, then build, build your, game plan around that right
1: if you got someone yeah. who could shoot threes all day let them yep. shoot threes all day exactly yeah so <laughs> so
2: that's kind of where where that comes from so we are a little bit different than a lot of the a lot of other breweries right now but we we love it and then we love building brands like it's so cool to see dos topas and level line out there now with because those are beers that people loved in our taprooms but never really got to drink uh, out in the market now they now they get to and hopefully they get the same rise that, you know, Chief Peak which really built a good a good brand out in the market.
0: So I feel like the IPA trend has been like around for I mean since i've been drinking alcohol yeah, i
1: mean when i met my boyfriend eight years ago he was drinking ipas and i was like what the fuck is this yeah. is, is this
0: that? bubble gonna pop like is it gonna or is like what do you what do you expect to see in this trend
2: i think it's i think ipas are as a style are here to stay yeah what that's we've, classic what we've seen is the um bitterness level has dropped significantly like um when in sculpin's early days it was pretty drastically yeah. bitter beer and that's what differentiated it from other beers in the market but um Chief is a very new school IPA, um and it's got, you know, a lot of hop flavor but less hop bitterness and that's um so you get these really drinkable IPAs that you can have multiple of and they're not gonna kind of ruin your palate. Yeah, um, I
1: appreciate that.
2: And so they're a little bit more delicate and they have great aroma and they're drank super fresh and as long as the as people keep drinking them with the velocity that they do right now then the fresh ipa is the best like you'd never want one that's 100 days old so we keep chief super super fresh and that's what i think makes a difference
1: that's awesome and when you said that casey came from stone that's like my first ipa and i that's like my second favorite you know like just like such a nostalgic beer for me like i love stone so much yeah they're fucking badass they
2: all call it that we have we have three brewers from stone now so because casey's brought in a lot of Ooh, guys who used poaching. to work with yeah. <laughs>
1: way to go case it's
2: unfortunately it's a little bit like a coaching tree in like the nfl yeah. or something okay. so you start Stone's getting like, yeah like he trusted. <laughs> though, and it comes it, it was trust you know yeah. he trusted those guys he, he's worked with them before so it's like instead of hiring someone off a resume that you don't know it's really easy to hire someone who you've worked alongside so um so we're really lucky to have those guys and they all called it stone university so they learned a lot while they okay, were there that's cute. tried a bunch of different stuff and and got to like work on a. A bunch of different machinery so um yeah so they they do great and and they definitely knew how to make a good ipa and wanted to do their own riff on it when they came with us and uh the chief peak recipe in particular i mean it's like that it's just a really genius recipe the way he designed it and there's a few little nuanced ingredients that we use in totally. there that um that give it this like baseline sweetness to stand up to the number of the number of pounds of hops we put in that beer because it's a really expensive beer to make and and um so it's there there's no there's no secret that that is like was our ticket to like being able to grow uh, and the moderate success we've had is is due to that beer um and the success it's had in the market so and that was all casey he you know we tasted a bunch of beers that we all liked and um he kind of put that in his computer yeah. of a mind and and came out spit out a recipe and said hey, i think this is what this is what we're going to make and this is what the market up here needs and um
1: like, yeah, yeah and successful. i think you have some branding chops on you because yeah. i mean come on chief peak topa yeah. topa i mean yeah
2: it's cool it's perfect we really wanted like an authoritative name it's actually in our business plan that we wanted that we recognized a, a lack of a really strong regional ipa um and so like a, a from a smaller brewery so um, we wanted like kind of an authoritative name like hey like we're hitting the market and we're like this this beer's legit like you need to you need to we're, we're something to be messed with and uh chief was a perfect thing for that oh, and such a good name. bunch of yeah. other connotations with the word chief of like yeah people smoking doobies and stuff so um Hey-o. it's a uh, so it's a fun name and, yeah. and then also the regional tie we just did last wednesday we did a little um a bunch of our staff went up and did a chief chief peak on chief peak hike so they hiked up and oh. took a bunch of shots that you'll probably see showing up can we be like series.
1: honorary employees <laughs> for those events <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> they're fun we, we do send it out to our collective members sometimes so we do get some of our customers to, to show up so i'll, I'll keep Amazing. you guys in the loop yeah.
0: i like that so there, uh you guys put out a um Women's Day yes. beer, uh, and uh, the Pink Boots Society. Yeah, and I'm so happy that you did an IPA. Even though I'm not a big IPA drinker, this but... This is a great point. I yeah. have I have an issue sometimes in the alcohol industry when, sh- when women shit is branded, branded for women. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like it's, strawberries it's like, and cream. Yeah. Strawberries yeah. And, yeah. and roses. Yeah. And, and like, it's just like, stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like And not that I, I don't... I'm not even an IPA drinker, but like I can appreciate that you didn't take... Um, oh, you'll like this one, A though. generic yeah. it's good. Uh, route for branding for women and making...
1: And I love that a the beer. boot is there because it's pink, but the boot is, like, strong and, yeah. like, shows...
2: Well, the Pink Boot and... Society is a really rad society, yeah. and uh, it's a organization within um, our industry that was started by one of uh, Casey and now mine, one of my friends uh, in the industry, her name's Laura Ulrich. She's, uh, she's still a brewer down at Stone, and she's led their small batch program. She's been there forever since the beginning, and she is just this, like, badass lady who... You just can't help but love, and she's she works her tail off, and she's one of the best brewers out there in, in the whole industry. And with the rise of like the industry for a long time was was very one sided. It was you know very 99% male ninety nine percent male. And she, as a woman brewer who'd been in the industry for a while, wanted to start like an education program for women who were attracted to craft beer uh, to teach them how to use the right terminology and and everything. So pink that's what Pink Boots Society is. It's an educational um, group where they educate women in beer and educate those who want to have a career in beer and so they came in concert with um, our hop supplier they did a a proprietary hop blend where they took six or seven different hops and grinded them up and made hop pellets that were very unique and then they sell them to brewers who want to brew this beer Um, so we all use the same hop blend for this and then a portion of the proceeds from the hop blend from the beer go back to the pink boot society to get them to do what they want to oh, do so,
1: and you've done this a couple times you did the sierra nevada for the fire relief yeah, right yeah. that was so cool yeah. and it was delicious we yeah. went and had it at yeah. the tap room it was great um you just were at a you were just in colorado yep. how many women were there
2: oh so many more actually i had a really cool experience um we i'm on a committee for the for the brewers association that i had a, a meeting in and we um and across the room from us, across, the next meeting room over was the meeting for the pink boot society. And there was literally a line down the hall around the hall. And these convention centers are like that you can fit the whole town of Ojai would fit inside it. And, um, it was literally like a mile long line of all these women showing up to, to sign up and be part of the pink Boots society. So, uh, it's really cool. Uh, so it's been a, and it's been an important thing for the Brewers Association to, to get that diversity in the industry. Um, because you know, when you're too myopic and in, in, in your, um, in, in who's part of your industry, you're, you're bound to fail. So I think they're really pushing for, um, you know women to get more involved for minorities to get more involved and that's a cool thing um, yeah. so and it's the women are the fastest uh growing um segment of craft beer consumers um so that's a really important one for us to stay in touch with and it's really cool to see in the tap rooms that you know you have and even you know we have young women we have old women who come in and not drink beer and that's pretty rad and you didn't used to see that you know beer yeah. was such a male, uh, male yeah, drink, it was just so.
1: there. Yesterday and there was like this really cool group of women, like twenty of them all showed up to go drink beer. Yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, okay, we're gonna wrap it up. We're getting there on time. But I wanna know who else who else in Ventura County that is making beer that you're impressed with, that you're excited about, anybody else out there doing oh, some yeah. cool stuff?
2: Yeah, it's it's so cool to see it growing since we started, um, just four short years ago. We looked around a room at a recent opening and like it was weird we were like we're kind of like og already which yeah, is yeah. crazy because <laughs> we're so you young we're like we're like a toddler brewery but um uh, yeah there's there's so much good beer uh the guys down in ennegrin um ennegrin brewing company in Moorpark, park uh, gotta go see those guys they make killer like german lagers Ooh, and so they're very hyper too. focused yeah. and like unique and that's a really hard style of beer to like to make um, and they're super crafty and super good guys. And they actually have a fantastic woman uh, lead brewer for them Ayo. as well. So they, they make some really, really, really rad beer. So I, I always love and appreciate drinking their stuff. Um, the guys at Ventura Coast, who are right around the corner from us, uh, and Thompson Boulevard, uh, make some kick ass beer and are just like some of the nicest people you ever meet to boot, which is. Always really important. Um, and then if you make it to the northern part of our territory where we serve our beer up in San Luis Obispo, they're not in Ventura County. That's okay. But um, Central Coast Brewing Company. They are one of my favorite breweries. Oh. I've really never had a bad beer from them. And Brendan, their head brewer, is just the coolest guy. He's one of my good friends now. And um, they're just, they make incredible beer. So it's like, go try those guys if you're ever on a trip north.
0: Very so, cool. Yeah well thank you so much for your time jack yeah. also btw we've been drinking through this whole yeah <laughs> we've been having some beers we had
1: dos topas level line we have some pink boot society women's Day it's, it's here. fantastic it's like, not a bad job on a sunday morning
2: no and my job's not <laughs> too bad either it's like this is it's seriously it's a it's a humbling thing to be able to do what we do and see people support it and we work really really hard to do um you know what we do one of our kind of mantras is like we do what we love and love what we do and that's like what we try and bring to work every day and to see people enjoying what we do and people who want to even listen to this podcast and <laughs> learn more about us it's just like it's pretty cool so yeah, you're you're
0: yeah. crushing the stoked. game so go check them out they have location tap rooms in ventura Ohio, santa barbara go hit them up it's always a party it's always <laughs> so much fun
1: yeah also follow their instagram if you're not like what are you doing <laughs> get on it all right. All well, right. Thank, thank you. you so much, Jack. Cheers, guys.
0: Okay. Bye. Bye. bye.